0: got today that i really love please (laughs) so um i I won't give the context but but i got any please
1: never never ever give me context
0: context is for losers um no no punctuation it just says levi your dental verification code is and then like a six digit code um, and I, I really love that because I love the concept of a dental verification code. Um, <laughs> uh, so
1: you're going to walk into the dentist and I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with that code. Are they going like, to open your mouth and the code's going to be engraved in some of your teeth? And yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. Know exactly. it's you.
0: But it's not in order. They need to like figure out which tooth, uh, you oh, know, yeah, like yeah. they got need got to rearrange teeth. them. Yeah, yeah. I got mean, a lot I, of teeth. I've got more, te- more teeth than a normal person. Um, no, but my my thinking of that was like... It's like the future where where like your dentures when you're old your dentures need like a two factor authentication to to make them work. Um, <laughs> also like not the... gonna
1: not gonna be able to eat dinner and get <laughs> yeah, the login exactly. right.
0: We cannot start dinner until Grandma figures out how to how to connect her dentures to the Wi-Fi. She she's um, just
1: had to reset her password, so you know lunch is on hold for the next forty-five minutes uh, while she finds her iPad.
0: That's gonna be. Cause I think about this a lot because like. You know how you know how like the first iPhone was like really shitty, um, mm-hmm. and, and like it, you think about like the the kind of like cyborg technology we're going to get, um, yeah. like cool dentures that have sick you know like I, I don't know what cool capabilities cool your Wi-Fi like, connected dentures could have, but but uh-huh. yeah exactly cool dentures. Um, but but what I think about is that like we're gonna have to go through that that shitty first phase of mm-hmm. like terrible technology um, with. That kind of thing. So it's like, oh, my fucking dentures are acting up again. I need to, I need to turn the Wi-Fi off and on again to, to make them sure, work. I'm
1: sure, I'm sure Google or Facebook or Metaverse or whatever. Were, it's like when they, when ridiculous. Google brought out the Google Glasses, was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's really cool. And I tried a pair. I was like, this is. You, the you tried this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was working at a university at the time, and someone got some in the office to, yeah. I don't know, just do some research on or whatever. And I tried them, and I was like, these are the worst things yeah. ever. Because <laughs> you imagine it's gonna be like a Halo Three like heads-up display display or something uh, yeah yeah, and you yeah do so much with it and it's just like oh i can see the time in the corner of my eye that's not <laughs> incredibly distracting
0: it really is google glasses was really one of those things where, where like the pure concept of it sounds like the future like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, obviously yeah. not the future but it sounds like the future uh to enough of a degree where like you'd think people would buy into it because I- i'm a sucker for that kind of thing i remember mm-hmm. when i first found out about smartwatches I was my, my mind was yeah. fucking blown. I was like, I can see my notifications on my wrist. I don't need mm-hmm. to get out the, my phone to like, and it's really stupid. And that's not to say I I don't wear a smartwatch because I've been wearing a smartwatch for years now. Um, and I you know it's stupid, but like th- there is this kind of novelty with that kind of technology where it's like, I saw it. I saw it on Star Trek, and now I need it. Um, <laughs>
1: This is you're, exactly b- where we saw smart dentures. You know. oh, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I can't wait till I'm, I'm like <laughs> sixty-five, or probably older than sixty-five when I need dentures. Let's say like seventy-five, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I'm seeing the billboards for smart dentures, um, and I hope they've progressed into like the second phase of Cyborg technology <laughs> um, at that point. Um, but no, I, I I'm. I'm both not surprised and kind of surprised that the Google Google Glasses didn't catch on, because mm. like there is something fundamentally fun about that. Like like you you have to admit there's something fun about about the concept. Um, but I
1: swear like they never even came back with like uh, a version two or like a second iteration. <laughs> I haven't heard about Google Glasses no. in about six years. Like it's v-
0: yeah, it's very like God. What what was that like? 20, I think it was about. I think it was.
1: 2015, 2016 yeah. is when I was working there. So yeah,
0: it's it's very of that era, and I think Google is one of those companies that they they, they can figure out when they fuck something up, and I think mm-hmm. they just realized like it was such a shitty like. Yep, we're getting rid really, of the Google yeah.
1: Glasses. We're getting rid of Google Plus. I was going to get rid Google of Google Plus. Fucking <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I I really think it is one of those things where like they just wanted to cut their losses, and you know they'll yeah. be bringing it back. Like th- mm-hmm. this isn't the end of smart glasses, but
1: oh no, uh, they've yeah. got enough money to like. Do R and D on a billion different projects that even if they don't go anywhere, <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. Google, baby. That's just Absolutely, what Google yeah. does. It's um Matty, Matty. You've been surprisingly quiet. Why don't you take uh, take the reins of this conversation? <laughs> yeah, so Matty's not here this week, so it's just yeah. me and Levi. So get used to it.
0: it. You're gonna have to like. I know that all the the fanboys and the fangirls are gonna be so mad that that fan favorite Matty mm-hmm. is not here this week. Yep. But all um, Matt heads. Or the Matt heads, yeah. Um, but it's a it's a relaxed episode this this week where we uh...
1: <laughs> like because Matty always brings that chaotic <laughs> energy, obviously.
0: Yeah, Matty is the one that that really amps things up. So now that he's not here, um, we're 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 chilling out for for this week. Yeah. Um,
1: Welcome to Bloopercast. Yeah, it's I. The, it's the podcast that we do. It's
0: it's cool how we we before talking about the fact that we're doing a show, we we have to. We have to say that Matty's not here. Like, like Mm -hmm. Matty's lack of presence is more important than introducing the show. (laughs) Welcome to Bloopercast. My name is Levi. Who are you?
1: Jack, not Matty. He's not
0: here. (sighs) Um, you could have just said that you're Matty and then I could, which you did just last time. I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) When I listened back to that episode, I was like. Uh, I was, it was a funny bit at the time. And I listened back to it and I was like, fucking nobody's going to know which one you are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to know wh- which one anyone is. Um, <laughs> but it was funny, so it's okay. Um, as we've said before, my favorite thing is is doing bits that completely alienate the audience. Mm-hmm.
1: Future um, dentures.
0: Yeah, future dentures. Um, I'm sure that's the riveting podcast content that people are here for. Um, so... What are we What are we talking about this week, per chance? This
1: uh, This episode is c- brought to you by the lovely nation of Japan.
0: Yeah, actually, they sp- Yeah, they sponsored it. Yeah, I'm so glad that the Japanese government sponsored this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Specifically, Japanuary, the yes. month long movie challenge dedicated to watching films from Japan during the month of January.
0: See, yeah, it's it's not very self explanatory self-explanatory in the in the title of japanuary so it's good to get that out there um i'm 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 interested to find out how long it's going to be until we go an episode without mentioning japanuary because we've mentioned it in every single episode so far Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it was the
1: build-up it was the process and now we're at the final the final curtain call for uh, japanuary
0: yeah exactly i mean mean, it seemed like a natural progression point of like you know japanuary it ever since the last year it's been a big thing in -hmm. this community um and and you know everyone loves it of course because it's such a wonderful experience to be able to um to watch these movies and share that with everybody um yeah. and so especially because we kind of started this podcast in that build-up uh towards and during January, um it seemed it seemed like a good a good idea to to um do an episode about it and talk about t- talk about the movies and such mm-hmm. um, talk
1: about them movies
0: Exactly. So um, I'm going to spit out my gum. Hold on.
1: (laughs) Hey, listener, listen to this while I let my cat out who can't shut up. I love this. Yeah.
0: So this is the first segment, which uh, doesn't have a name. And it's also got a theme song, which goes
1: here. Hey. Music time. <laughs> time over. Um, now we're back in talking time. Here's the talking time jingle.
0: <laughs> we should have just called this talking time. Talking to time. To be perfectly honest. fuck time to cast. talk. Um, so this first segment is uh, the one where we talk about uh, movies we love. So we're mm. both going to gonna, gonna uh, tell you about a movie, tell each other about a movie. Um, mm-hmm. And if you think it sounds cool, you can go and watch it. Um, yeah. That's why it's being pitched to you. And again, please somebody give us a name for the segment because God knows we're not going to figure it out ourselves. So if anyone <laughs> has an true. idea, please let us know. Um, so who do you want to go first? Should I go first? I will absolutely go first. Go for it.
1: Levi, do you know what a kappa is?
0: Uh, is that the cool Japanese, uh, little guy?
1: Kappas are aquatic reptilian humanoids who inhabit the rivers and streams found all over Japan. Clumsy on land, they are at home in the water where they thrive during the warm months. They are excellent swimmers, and despite their small size, they are physically stronger than a grown man. (laughs)
0: Aren't they bald as well? Don't they have like a little bald patch?
1: I'm not going to lie, these things are hideous. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever saw like a, I don't know if there's a Pokemon or a Digimon designed after a Kappa but I can't imagine it would look very cute or yeah. I can't imagine buying a Kappa plushie or like figure. I would. Um, I think
0: they're funny little guys. But but they so do have a bald patch, don't they?
1: They do have a bald patch. Yeah, Let's, even that. That. Let's give them credit. Yeah, You know, a little monk crown. <laughs> so this is a creature from Japanese folklore that I knew nothing about, but a few friends uh, got together last week or the week before, and we decided to watch the 2010 movie, Death Kappa.
0: <laughs> I saw this on Letterboxd, yes. I, I want to I, know more about this, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I think you'll enjoy this. So it's, it's a kaiju movie, <laughs> in some senses. Uh, even though kappas are small, let's just say it gets big <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so it's it's uh, di- directed by Tomu Haraguchi, who directed a few Ultraman movies. Oh. He worked uh, as a creature creator and consultant for one of the 90s Gamera films. Oh, wow. Uh, worked on special effects and makeup for Bullet Ballet, which is a Shinya Sukamoto oh, movie. Oh, yes. Di- yeah. Director of uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. Unlike your typical sort of kaiju or tokusatsu movie tokusatsu here referring to any form of media with dudes in giant rubber suits hitting each other <laughs> the greatest um, form of media yes l- literally the best genre of cinema <laughs> television or anything like oh, this yeah, is a uh, sure. this is technically a tokusatsu podcast because i am wearing a full giant reptilian <laughs> uh plastic suit
0: yeah so. you do that for every episode it's weird it is warm in here i'll yeah. tell you
1: that and these headphones barely fit
0: oh my god yeah
1: so yeah unlike I don't know, your typical Godzilla, Gamera, that sort of ilk of kaiju movie, there is so much violence and gore (laughs) and splatter, and the body count in this film is completely ridiculous. (laughs) There is so much destruction. Um, and it's, but it's also filmed in a way where you can look at all the models and the cities and the tanks and the planes, and you can see the wires, you can see the strings, you can tell they're all miniatures and toys, which is something I absolutely love in Japanese <laughs> monster movies. When yeah. you can tell it's just a bunch of dudes in like a warehouse or like a soundstage somewhere stringing things up and making films how they should be made. God damn it! <laughs> it is the most fun. Yeah, I, I hate it who, when a filmmaker lies to me. <laughs> and yeah that was definitely the most fun i've had during japan year this year was yeah. watching uh death capper um and learning a lot about japanese folklore and how to make a ridiculous kaiju movie
0: i love that i i, I i'm a big kaiju fan as well i'm not mm-hmm. like i'm not as well versed as you and, and some of sure. the people in the um in the discord just because it's like it, it's a there's fairly a, recent... there's a billion there's a
1: billion films yes
0: yes there are so many and my my problem was um i I originally got in because i i i was reading about shin godzilla and i was like i want to watch this but i felt bad jumping in at that point so i was Mm -hmm. like okay i'll just watch every godzilla film but but the thing about godzilla is that like it's very self-referential in a way that it, it references all other like, Toho Kaiju movies. Yeah. So, like, if you want to really get into it, it's like, okay, well, I've got to watch this obscure fucking movie that Ishiro Honda directed that that ties in because it's got, you know, like, a monster that reappears. And, like, it, it really led me down this rabbit hole to the point where I was making this list of, like, every monster movie, every big monster <laughs> movie in the world. And I was like, I need to watch th- these 300 movies before I can get to Shin Godzilla. Um, and so it, it like... It distracted me, so I'm not as well versed with with mm. kaiju, but like, it's something I, I I really love because there's something so fundamentally fun about mm. like you know it puts it, the fun in fundamental. It really does. You, you can you can have like a terrible script and like. It can, you know, even, like, the film quality can be bad, but, like, as long as there's a guy in a rubber suit mm-hmm. that's just, the, like, a dumpy Japanese man in a, in a rubber suit just <laughs> beating on another dumpy Japanese man in a suit, like, that's fundamentally enjoyable. And mm-hmm. nothing, like, even the worst kaiju films are still just just some of my favourite media ever. Um, and I specifically, I saw on Letterboxd when, when you guys watched this movie and I was like, I, I gotta see this. I think it's already on my mm-hmm. watch list. Like I'm I, I uh, yeah, gotta you see gotta, this.
1: <laughs> I think if you're a fan of uh the kaiju genre in general, then yeah. this is just like ninety minutes that you can't afford to miss. <laughs> and speaking of uh, Shin Godzilla, which was directed by uh Hidekai Anno, uh he actually has a cameo in depth. Oh, oh wow, Man. really? A very brief cameo as like a sort of Nazi army enforcer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That guy gets I don't he does get around. He's, He's an every boy. And like, n- barely anyone has seen this movie. It's like, it's got like a, a two point something on a uh, letterbox. You know, <laughs> IMDb awesome. reviews are always trash. Yeah. And like, we were watching it and I'm like, this is like what kaiju movies are all about. There, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that this thing is not getting five stars from me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also, I love the concept of that because I, you know, I'm a big horror fan um, and mm. I love the concept of, a kaiju movie that really leans into the gore yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah
1: yeah absolutely like it's like uh sort of tongue-in-cheek like peter jackson gore in yeah that it's like yeah. splatter heavy and whatever but uh, like it's done so well
0: i love that i am I'm, I'm so excited to watch this i might try and fit it in before the end of January. um nice i just I, I i really do love that concept um thank you for sharing i really mm-hmm. i really love what that. about you what have you well, been watching recently so since it's the end of January, obviously i had to pick a japanese film um it's not a movie that i watched this month um just because i oh, okay. as we'll talk about later i have a very very small list of, of i didn't watch a ton of japanese films this month um okay. but i thought it would be on brand to talk about a studio ghibli movie that i love um yeah. so jack tell me uh what do you know about from up on poppy hill
1: i have not <laughs> seen this one actually yeah i would like to see it it's not a, it's not a miyazaki It's Um, uh, it is a Miyazaki tech. Oh no, sorry, it's it's Gorō Miyazaki. (laughs) It is.
0: Um, Ah, okay. (laughs) So, um, from Up and Poppy Hill is is the second film from hated Ghibli director Gorō Miyazaki, (laughs) Um, primarily known for
1: (laughs) hated by his own father.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hated by his own father first, and everyone else secondly. (laughs) He so he's primarily known for Tales from Earthsea, one of Ghibli's most hated movies, and Irwin the Witch, Ghibli's most hated movie. Um, the Mm -hmm. the recent 3D Ghibli that um everyone is 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 pretty mad about um so goro miyazaki has a a pretty bad reputation with ghibli fans especially in the west um and as some of you may know i have a lot to say about this topic um Mm. so if you're interested in learning more keep an eye out for my upcoming video on goro miyazaki and and the witch which is coming soon tm um as it has been for months but i promise i'm i'm getting i'm getting that. it's 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 on the way. Um, so anyway, the the movie that often gets left out of discussions about Goro is From Up on Poppy Hill. It, it's it's not yeah. the deepest cut as far as Ghibli films go. You know, there's you can go really deep with like this is the weird, obscure um, Miyazaki movie that that like technically technically was before, um, uh, before they founded Ghibli, but then it got released under the you know that kind of thing, um, but. It's, it, I think because From Up on Poppy Hill is generally well-liked, it doesn't fit the Goro Miyazaki is awful narrative. Mm. Um, so it doesn't get as much attention and, and love as I think it maybe deserves. Um, so From Up on Poppy Hill, it's a 2011 film written by Goro Miyazaki's father, Hayao Miyazaki. So it technically is a, a, a Hayao <laughs> joint. There we go. <laughs> a Hayao a Miyazaki joint. <laughs> yeah, Miyazaki joint. joint. Miyazaki joint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he wrote that alongside Keiko Niwa. Um the film it's a love letter to nineteen sixties Japan. Um mm. it's also not the last Ghibli film to have an incest plot. Um it is oh, the first. Whoa, 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 <laughs> it whoa. is the first. It's not the last. Um Backup at <laughs> To almost have an incest plot, okay? There's not an incest plot, almost. And Wait, what's the second one? <laughs> it's um fucking oh, what's that movie called? Um it's it's like one of the last or one of the most recent Ghibli films. Um I'm completely blanking on the name right now. Hold on, I'm actually gonna have nope. to check. Princess Kaguyu. No. No, no. It's it, it's not directed by one of the like big. Um,
1: uh, okay.
0: Hold on, I'm actually just gonna get up my ghibli list right now. Give me one moment. Mhm. Uh, let's see. It's uh, fuck. Why can't I find it? <laughs> there it is. When when Marnie was there is what it's called uh, okay. from from uh 2014. Um, almost an incest plot. Uh not quite um so anyway (laughs) anyway in from up on poppy hill um a bunch of high schoolers unite to save their school's clubhouse from being demolished um it's a really lovely film about being a teenager and and all the weird shit that tends to happen at that age like almost incest
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: (laughs) um and and the film also functions as a a gorgeous period piece it's an ode to a very specific time period and, and life circumstance that doesn't exist in the same way today um Additionally, something I I kind of touched on last episode when I was talking about the Animal Crossing movie. Um, Mm. This film epitomizes Ghibli's ability to find beauty and magic in the otherwise mundane. Um, From Up in Poppy Hill isn't a fantasy film. It's pretty much as far from fantasy as Ghibli gets. Um, But I think it's every bit as magical as a film like Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind or or Castle in the Sky. Um, I can't get enough of the scenes where, you know, it's dusk and the two main characters ride through the quaint town on a bicycle. Um, It's got this idea of ma, quiet moments, um, you know, just... It's got that down completely. Uh, I really love it. That's it. That's it.
1: <laughs> I, I I think uh, this is one of the. I think they're on Netflix at the moment in the UK. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's. I think I'm. So, and I've. i recognised the plot, and I think I've started this movie. Yeah. And not been in the mood for like how still, slow, quaint it is. As you say, it's not a fantasy movie, and I've definitely. Um, seen the first sort of 10-15 minutes but i haven't actually finished the film and i do need to see this because yes. um goro is like mm, one for two for me because like i kind of like tales from earth oh it's a
0: fucking awesome film yes i'm glad you're um
1: because i'm a, a big fan of the books and uh it, like the world building in that film is yeah. fun it's also it's just a very a...
0: gorgeous film goro you say what you want about the guy but he knows how to make um landscapes and and environments mm. Is very, oh yeah, the very the backgrounds
1: the background yes. designs and like the lighting and stuff is absolutely very yeah good. it's gorgeous
0: um yeah I, I mean yeah as you say it's it, you need to be in the right mood for a film like from up on poppy hill it's it's mm. uh, ghibli it, it's in the same vein as like my neighbor totoro for example like that that movie it has tension obviously because uh, any movie needs to have tension but mm-hmm. um it is slow and it's it's reflective Um, And it's, you know, when you when you want to watch a Ghibli film, you could watch something like Howl's Moving Castle, for example, which is a lot more fast paced. There's a lot more going on at any given moment. And it still Mm. nails the idea of ma, the idea of of quiet, of of downtime. Um, But it does it in a way that where it's kind of in between big things. Uh, yeah, I think
1: that's the same with most of the uh, of the Ghibli films. Yes, absolutely. They, they are they are known for their sort of quaint, quiet moments where it is just the landscape and the environment in general, or just you know characters sitting and being. Exactly. But as you yeah. say, they are tucked between <laughs> these either you know action set pieces or you know really mystical fantasia yes, elements. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Like, think, like Kiki's Delivery Service is like 90% chill vibes. Yeah,
0: it's just vibing. Yeah. 100 yeah, percent
1: that i'd say that's probably in my top well it's hard to rank the ghibli films <laughs> in general but would you would you say you had a favorite
0: i do it's um it's whisper of the heart 100 um, percent. nice. you know i i love i love all ghibli films except for um um i can't i don't know why i'm blanking on ghibli film names at the moment pom Poko. which one um oh yeah i yeah, yeah. I fucking hate that film but but uh you know i Ghibli is fundamentally enjoyable and, and you know it's mm-hmm. obviously not for everybody but like it, I agree that it is hard to rank them that hasn't stopped me I do I, I have a very explicit <laughs> ranking um, but um, the, the problem with ranking Ghibli films is that like the vast majority of them are like 4.5 stars or, or you know four stars um, yeah or higher because I just I love those films so much yeah the the thing about From, From Up and Poppy Hill is that it's while a lot of Ghibli films nail that <clears throat> that idea of like fast paced, slow paced kind of fluctuation um, mm. from Up and Poppy Hill is a very slow movie and it has tension and it has, you know, like f- areas where things ramp up. But for the most part, it is a film that is about the vibes. Um, I think very similar again to Kiki's Delivery Service, like you said, where it's it's very much about the vibe. Um, mm. And I I really appreciate it for that. It's a, it's a film I love a lot.
1: Yeah, definitely have to check that out. Speaking of uh, Ghibli, I uh, composed this small piece of music this afternoon inspired by the works of Ghibli. Listen to this. Oh, that's awesome!
0: So is it is it inspired by um
1: uh Joe yes, Joe, Joe. I I yeah. I
0: didn't I knew his name but I didn't want to say it and then pronounce it wrong <laughs> um that's that's awesome I there's there's something really interesting to me about his um uh his style and and mm. specifically because I was I was reading into it because for my um my Irrigan the Witch video um, I talk about how that movie um, has a, has a fantastic soundtrack like a genuinely amazing soundtrack that completely turns that on its head like the the mm-hmm. the the ideal ghibli soundtrack is a is a joe Hosechi, um joint um it's <laughs> yeah yeah like that's kind of the gold standard because he he works with miyazaki um on pretty much all of his films um but um Iwigen the witch has this very rock oriented soundtrack yes, yeah. because the movie is about it's, it's somewhat about a rock band um so there's always drums and and like a, a interesting bass lines and stuff um and it's interesting how the the um the musician for that movie whose name i've kind of it's it's not there in my head but it's he's a very interesting uh musician and it's it's a cool way of subverting that um generic ghibli yeah idea which is
1: which which makes sense because you know they're branching out into their first 3d animated movie yeah so they're sort of the breaking traditions in that sense so i think it makes sense to bring in new audio, audio elements as well
0: yeah absolutely it's it's the thing about ibuk and the witch again you can say what you want about it um and there is there is stuff to criticize which which i i'm i do um and you know i have my problems with it but it's very much a it's a new it's a new era and ghibli needs to change because you know they they already almost closed or did close yeah, for a yeah. while I don't know well um,
1: Hayao Mizaki or- already retired and yeah. was like, oh and, end of an era and he was like well yeah I, one yeah, I think he's one of the I got one that just more in the walking. bank so he, he's well, just like thing, you watch any of those uh, watch any of those documentaries about him and yeah. the studio and it's just like all I want to do is draw pictures of planes <laughs> pet a cat and smoke endless cigarettes
0: yeah and hate my son
1: and that's, hate my son yeah. that's number one <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah num- number one hate my son number two draw planes number three smoke cigarettes (laughs) and then the cat maybe tied maybe Uh, the cat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) um and yeah no it's he it uh again brain not working um but yeah i think ghibli really it it needs to diversify itself like that and so again say what you want about Iwig and the witch but it takes a new direction and it does something bold um, and in my opinion, it it works well in a lot of ways, um, and it also is very fundamentally a Ghibli film in a lot of ways. But again, that's something I'll get into um, in the future. <laughs> cool. Yes. So now it's time for the second segment, perchance. It's
1: it's we're listening to your faxes. No text. <laughs> no emails. Here emails. That's
0: the one, and it's got a
1: theme song too, which will we'll go here. Oh, let me just pick up this bass guitar and. This one is from Chris, or Bravo in the server. Um, <laughs> this is the shortest email I think we've ever had. Yeah. Son. Sono. Full stop. P.S. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> for real, the man is a trip. Uh, marath- marathoning this guy's filmography made me watch some incredible gems and some absolute crap. <laughs> But all of it was bizarre as hell. So thank you, Brazy Benjamin, for creating Japanery last year and thrusting this man into my life. Sono makes some strange pictures. This, <laughs> that's the end of the email. Thank you, bravo. Thank you, um, bravo. Sono does make some interesting films.
0: Yes. It, uh, he's some a... crazy
1: films. I've only seen a handful, I want to say.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lacking. Uh, I've only mm. seen uh, Love Exposure and Anti-Porno. Um, both films oh, yeah, that I absolutely yeah. love. So I have not delved into his his less beloved work, um, but I will fully agree that uh, <laughs> what did what did Bravo said say? Um, yeah, bizarre as hell, incredible gems. Uh, yeah, for real, this man is a trip. Uh, that's what I was thinking of. A hundred percent agree. Well, that's the thing.
1: Um, every I, I've seen I'm checking his letterbox now. I've seen five of his films, and every single one of them. Uh, builds up and then he'll pull a rug from underneath your feet. Yeah. is a term I like to use when talking about him, just because um, I, it's just like unconventional storytelling that yes, works in yeah. such a, a strong way. I watched uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell recently, which is oh, essentially yes, an ode yes. to filmmaking and fan filmmaking, and it's also like a Yakuza epic, and yeah. like a swordplay epic, and it's also a homage to Bruce Lee, <laughs> and it's all these things, and yeah. it's like you're watching it and you're trying to absorb as much as you can. Uh, at the same time yeah and same with like love exposure which is like four hours long and you're (laughs) watching it and you're like this is like 11 movies in one I
0: fucking love that movie so much um yeah (laughs) I mean the the thing to me about about Sion Sono is that is that um it's very hard to be original like just in general especially as an artist it's hard to be original and I feel like a lot of wonderful films that are very original you can only do it once and then the, the filmmaker either they iterate on that one idea that they're good at or the rest of their filmography is kind of lacking in that way um and so Mm. Sion Sono is a very interesting uh case where he is so consistently able to one-up himself um or not even necessarily one-up himself as much as just do something new and something that is wholeheartedly unique and creative um Mm. without kind of playing on the same ideas you know because as you say it's like it's like why don't you play in hell? Well, it's all of these things. It's a Yakuza epic. It's it's an ode to filmmaking. Um, and then you look at something like Love Exposure, which is... It's it's so many other things. It's it's a criticism <laughs> of organized religion. It's... Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to try and list all of the ridiculous things Love Exposure is. Um, I've gone into this. I wrote a, a short article um, not long ago about my favorite um, weird films, just movies that make okay. no sense. Um, and Love Exposure was one of the ones I talked talk about in there um, because it, it, it's just... It's such a fundamentally strange film where nothing really makes sense and yet it all kind of comes together. Um,
1: <laughs> but Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I just... And then he's still going and then last year he made a film with Nicolas Cage. Yes, like, which I haven't man. seen
0: yet, but I'm really excited to because no, I love I haven't Nicolas seen Cage. it either, exactly. I, don't, I didn't... So yeah, he... I, I think, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how good the reviews were for that movie, but but I'm interested mixed,
1: anyway. M- mixed at best, <laughs> but um, I don't know. You got Nicolas Cage in like... A samurai setting. Yeah, that's fine with Which me. Which is
0: fundamentally an interesting concept. Like it's kind of it's got to be.
1: What if Nicolas Cage had a sword? That was <laughs> the pitch.
0: I would just watch a like an unscripted video of Nicolas Cage just just like, whacking wielding a, a sword. sword. Yeah, exactly. He's just chilling, like holding a there sword.
1: There was a uh, there was a 2020 film that I've had on my watch list for the longest time. Yeah, um, and I, the the poster is ingrained in my memory, and the film itself is called Jiu-Jitsu. and <laughs> It's Nicolas Cage wielding a sword above, uh, okay, so ab- so. below, below, I should say, like a planet getting hit by an asteroid, and I just can't possibly understand what that film has to do with jujitsu. But I need to find <laughs> out.
0: Oh, this poster is incredible. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. What so the much fuck going is on. going on? It, I don't know. There's an asteroid. There's three people that aren't Nicolas Cage. There's a man. Kicking some people at the bottom Nicolas Cage has a sword I need to see this movie
0: I, I That's going on the watch list right now It's got an average 1.5 <laughs> star rating oh, um, boy. And the only person who I'm following Who has seen it gave it a half star And they wrote This review is not hyperbole This is the worst film I've ever had the misfortune of
1: seeing <laughs> Well, now I owe it to myself And to this person And to Nicolas Cage oh, To see this It's incredible,
0: movie. yeah, I've got to see this Everybody, go and check out Jiu-Jitsu 2020 <laughs> <laughs> um anyway thank you bravo for uh thank you bravo for this so i'll read this next email this is from lydia um and they write uh so first at the top of the email they write that uh, i had recommended them tetsuo the iron man a few months ago uh they wrote it's very visually creative and deliciously fucked up um and
1: put it on the poster (laughs) yeah
0: um yeah i'm really glad that you enjoyed Tetsuo. It's a wonderfully fucked up movie and I love it. Uh, the guy's got a drill dick, which is the, the best, um, pitch you can ever give for a, a movie. Like, mm-hmm. guy's just got a drill for a dick. Good for him. Um, but then the rest of the email, Lydia writes, um, uh, this last movie, uh, is a movie I recommend. It's Angel's Egg directed by Mamoru Oshii. Hope mm-hmm. I pronounced that right. Uh, this movie yep. struck a deep chord with me. It's super dark and surreal. The, the use of silence, where there could be instead musical dialogue, is very effective. I can't say it captivated me from the start, but I was too mesmer- mesmerized to look away. Um, the themes of this movie affected me deeply and made me cry more than any movie ever has before. It's such a beautiful piece of art. It's, it's free on YouTube, too. Uh, thanks for your time, Bloopercast. Have a free Luna. And they add a picture of their cat, Luna, um, who is adorable and staring into the void um obviously nobody else can see this photo this, this photo but um luna is sitting and like her pupils Looking. yeah her pupils are very very dilated um is dilated big or small did i fuck that up anyway she's staring <laughs> and her tongue is very slightly uh, out and it's very cute uh- <laughs> Um I'd be
1: lying if I said I understood every element of Angel's egg <laughs> It's a film I watched a few years ago. Yeah. Have you seen this one?
0: I haven't actually. I I'm it's another film that I really want to fit in before the end of January. It's um,
1: incredibly like dense and philosophical. Yeah. In this dark sort of fantasy landscape, and a lot of it is just sort of dialogue and very slow-moving scenes, but it is quite captivating in this sense. And it's one of those films that everyone will have like a different interpretation yeah. and um, takeaways from. Oh, I so love it. So it's really that, yeah. interesting to see that. And Oshi is an animator director in general who makes just incredibly thought-provoking films.
0: Yes. Yeah. I that 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 is a really good pitch for me. Actually, I was already interested. But but my favourite kind of films are films that. Um, act as like a kind of litmus test for who is watching them mm, like what yeah. you take away uh, or like a Rorschach test what you take away from the film is completely different for each person the film I always think about sure. with that is um symbiopsychotaxoplasm um oh uh, yeah, yeah which uh, partially I just like saying the name of it <laughs> it's a really mm-hmm. fun I'm glad you say. did <laughs> yeah um uh, it's one of those films where it's just like there's it, everybody will take away something completely different from this experience um mm-hmm. and what you take away says a lot about you as a person um and so that's a, i think that's a good pitch for angel's egg um just as far as like i'm interested in in you know seeing what i will take away from this um and i also just love surrealism and i love i love the pitch it's super dark and surreal like yeah i'm interested and
1: you love love massive eggs
0: yeah well i mean maybe god perhaps god is an egg um
1: uh god is a dj
0: <laughs> thank you lydia for the email really much appreciated thank you, Lydia uh, why don't you read the ne- next email, Jack?
1: Next up, we have another animated film. This is from Kevin. Kevin writes, One film that has really struck with me is Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. The art direction is so ornate and gorgeous, and the action sequences flow beautifully. Such an incredible atmosphere. The movie is like a goth western, and it's uh, a joy to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, also, again, not a movie that, that I've seen myself. Um,
1: and also a movie that Jack has seen. Yeah. Um, so this is the sequel to uh vampire hunter d which i think was uh like 1995 and this one was about 2001 2000 yeah about 2000. um uh, i i completely agree with all that um in terms of the art direction and like it's a hybrid of like gothic horror and like a western it's um from the director me... yoshiaki
0: how... kawajiri
1: Kawajiri, yeah. So he did um, a few of my favorite uh, anime films that are all incredibly sleazy. (laughs) Like, really (laughs) depraved, really dark, quite disgusting in parts. Yeah. Uh, uh, And he did a a few segments in Animatrix. He did. I'm
0: looking at that right now. I love the Animatrix. Um,
1: So he did Ninja Scroll and Wicked City, which are two very (laughs) R-rated animated (laughs) features. Yeah. Yeah, the world building in uh, Vampire Hunter D is slight but effective and it creates because it's, it's like a dystopian future sort of thing yeah but it, it all feels very lived in but shrouded in mystery and there's like some awesome creature designs and like as he says the action sequences are really raw and aggressive and very well done yeah absolutely. Um, and sometimes you're in the mood for an angel's egg and sometimes you're in the mood for a vampire hunter deep bloodlust, which <laughs> is just hack him slash him and just enjoy some depravity yeah
0: yeah absolutely There, there's there's very much room for both and, and kind of what you said i think something that um animated films and especially anime um kind of need to nail to be enjoyable is very lived in um i feel like mm. a, a, a bad pit that a lot of animated films can fall into is kind of only going for the essentials and as a result not feeling very very robust almost if you know what mm-hmm. i mean it, it kind of mm-hmm. like it falls into a trap where it's like okay well we see these characters and we see these 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 bare bones environments but you don't get a sense of a broader world um and so that's that's something that i really value in an animated feature to be able to feel mm-hmm. very lived in. thank you kevin much appreciated thank you kevin um so i'll read this next email uh, so this is this is another email from thea um who sent in an email last week last week last episode um and we needed to have Uh, our wonderful friend Samantha come in and (laughs) pronounce the name for us (laughs) because we couldn't pronounce it um so I feel very very bad so sorry Thea but thank you for sending in another email um so Thea writes hey guys um Thea and then she writes uh Thea like Leah I believe in you um (laughs) my favorite Japanese movie is Battle Royale 2000 Uh, it was a strange trip to experience and it was essentially Hunger Games but fun to watch um, I can't tell you why I enjoyed it enough to watch it five times in a week um, so as to watch it with Whoa. everyone I knew but I did um, uh, it was intense but somehow fulfilling plus who doesn't love a band movie thanks for reading Thea um, yes thank you Thea thank you for the email um, I love uh, essentially Hunger Games but fun to watch <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I have, I'd agree with that I feel bad because seen... again
0: I haven't seen Battle Royale but
1: have you not uh, I haven't I mean,
0: it's, it's, it's again one of those movies where it's like god I, I should have seen this by now um, but I again, I plan to get to it. Um, but I love the pitch of Hunger Games, but fun to watch because I, I mean I enjoyed the <laughs> Hunger Games movies when I saw them, but I was also not mm. really thinking very critically about it when I was watching them. So sure. um you know,
1: Kinji Fukasaku, uh, the director of Battle Royale, had like a very versatile career. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at his page now, and I've only seen four of his features, but all four are so distinctly different. So, we have Battle Royale, which is Hunger Games, but fun. <laughs> we have uh, The Green Slime, which is a uh, campy sci-fi horror film from like, the late 60s. Yeah. Um, oh, look at this I guy. It's so rad. Ba- I should say Battle Royale was like 2000. Yeah. Uh, we've got Black Lizard, which is like a sort of uh, globe-trotting sort of heist adventure like jewel thieves and yeah. then the last one i've seen is message from space which is sort of like fake star wars yeah <laughs> you know what's actually
0: really interesting i have seen one of his films i watched under the flag of the rising sun um which is a very very different film from all of those it's 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 a kind of post-war horror film um that is, oh. is about uh, a woman trying to clear the name of her disgraced husband um who who mm. is court-martialed uh, during the war um very very different from all of those things that you described um so again mm. yeah 100 percent. this guy's had a very very versatile career and actually i encourage um anyone listening to go and look at his letterbox page and just look at the posters of all these different films he's done yeah um, the variety here is is very very interesting
1: yeah he um held the battles without honor and humanity series which is a series that i still need to get into um because they're all on criterion channel and yeah i do love a hard to follow yakuza epic, <laughs> so <laughs>
0: gotta love it yeah that's awesome
1: so thank you thea
0: yes thank you thea i'm gonna check out battle royale hopefully soon um
1: and the last email we have today is from ian yes. who says hello jack levi and matty well Matty's not here we'll so pass it we'll just it's,
0: it's we cool we'll pass it on
1: <laughs> Long-time fan and listener of the show, love lo- love what you have all done so far. I have two recommendations for Japanese films for you. Hopefully, you've not seen at least one of them yet. My first rec is Departures, a 2008 film by director Yojiro Takita. Takita, yes, that's right. It explores a traditional Japanese funeral style in which the body of a loved one is made to look their best as they were in life. It's a film that has a lot to say about grief as well as finding joy in life. My brother passed away nearly a year before I saw Departure, and it helped a lot to recontextualise part of our grieving process. This movie hit me a lot harder than I was expecting, and if you can get past one rather insensitive joke in the beginning, um, referring to transphobia here, the rest of the film is absolutely wonderful. The score is brilliant, there's lots of cello as the main character is a cellist, and the sound design in general is immaculate. Ian's other re- recommendation is Pokemon the first movie which he writes is ridiculous uh, there's a water type trainer who has a Nidoqueen objectively not a water type it's <laughs> worth a rewatch if you've seen it thank you so much for your email Ian I've not seen Departures have you seen Departures? I,
0: I actually Ian recommended me this movie a while ago and I still haven't seen it ah. um, but, oh wow uh, you're terrible <laughs> but I've, I've, it's one of those movies that's on my watch list that I look at fairly recently uh, fairly, fairly regularly sorry um, and I see it there, and I'm just like, huh. Um, and I also saw oh. that Ben has written a very good review for it. Mm, um,
1: this is a, a poster I recognize, actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so while I haven't seen it, um, I know of it, and it, it it's a film I really want to see. Um, and again, mm. Ian, Ian does a very good job of pitching it. Um, it's very much, you know, everybody's got to love a film about grief. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of very good movies that help with that kind of thing. Um, and mm. paired with that, and consistently very high ratings from... Uh, my friends you know it's a it's a movie i want to I, I gotta check out
1: mm. and pokemon the first movie <laughs> that was just you know that's such a cultural touchstone for yeah. you know especially my generation uh, i think that's like actually 55 the exact year old phrasing man, but, that ian
0: um, used a uh, cultural touchstone oh wow Jeez. Um, yeah
1: ian are you me am i ian? <laughs> oh, you
0: might be oh dear um, um, um i actually watched it very recently i watched it this month actually only wow, a weeks for January? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it kind of is um, It's it's a movie. It's I wouldn't call it a good movie, <laughs> but it's a it's a very
1: fun well. Movie. That's the end of the podcast. That's the end of the podcast, <laughs> and my friendship would leave. I could buy everyone. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen this film in a thousand years. Yeah. Um, I I did see the awful uh, re- remake, <laughs> the remake that was yeah. made in like uh, like a really awful 3D plasticine style. Yes, yeah. It's dropped on Netflix two or three years ago. Yeah. Which ba- it's, it's basically a shot-for-shot sh- shot, shot remake with updated animation, and it is horrible. Well, but,
0: yeah, I mean, I decided... I'm not, like, the biggest Pokemon f- fan in the... Po- Pokemon? You can tell that I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan in the world know because I it's called it Pokemon. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan in the world, but I was interested in... It, it, there's something about the Pokemon movies that is just so, like present that i and like I've, I've only seen a couple of them really so uh with my friend mm. coco we started rewatching um or just watching for the first time uh, all of the, the movies um and mm. something interesting that i found out actually at the um <laughs> at the same time is that so there's like one guy who's directed most of the pokemon movies um
1: oh uh you yuyama uh yeah
0: kunihiko yuyama uh, um that's the one and he's yeah he's directed most of the, the, the Pokemon movies. I I'm not I'm hesitant to say all, but most. Mm, um, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot. And he's he, yeah. Uh, but but what I found interesting was that we were looking through his filmography just to see if there's any any weird deep cuts. Um, and so I was just scrolling down on his on his um, Letterbox page, and right at the bottom, the third from the bottom film uh, is is a, a two part anime OVA called The Weather Report Girl. <laughs> um and the description is a two-part anime series about a weather anchor who becomes famous after flashing her underwear live on TV. Um, oh no. So <laughs> directed by the the beloved Pokemon director um, is this weird weird sleazy <laughs> anime we got to start
1: somewhere. We've all got to start <laughs> but, somewhere.
0: start. He actually directed this like 2 years before he got his start on on the Pokémon series. Like literally like hey. one or two <laughs> years before. It
1: was his his gateway into, exactly. Uh, the world of Pocket Monsters. Yeah,
0: they saw Weather Report girl and they were like we need to get this guy to direct the fucking Pokémon uh Get series. this
1: man a Pikachu stand. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um and we watched the full thing by the way. So um it's,
1: I've just read your uh, one-and-a-half-star <laughs> review. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's if anyone wants to read my one-and-a-half-star review, search Weather Report Girl. Um, it's, yeah, it, it, it was an interesting ride. That's all I'll say. Um, but I just thought it was really funny that it was this guy. You look at his letterbox page and it's like, okay, you know, he directed Pokemon. He directed a lot of Pokemon. You know, he's done some other kind of <laughs> anime stuff. Um, he, he did like a... Um, fucking where is it um he's done
1: like some three musketeers that's what I. yeah that's what i was gonna say form. he did like a
0: three musketeers jam um and then and you scroll far enough down and it's like oh yep, yeah, yep yeah, that's weather report yeah. girl for
1: you well <laughs> well and in today's weather matty with the weather
0: um so anyway that's that's the end of that segment uh thank you all for the emails it's greatly appreciated um and now we have our final segment which actually does have a name unlike the rest it's called this week in letterbox well so i've got my list of of films i watched for January. Um, now that we are at the end of January, which I think was meant to be the point of this episode originally, but we kind of mm-hmm. didn't touch on that. Um, now that it's the end of January, the final day of January today, assuming that this is out um, on the day that it's going, it should be out.
1: Yeah, um, Jack, edit this.
0: Yeah, Jack, edit this. Um, it's the end of January, so let's talk about the films we watched for January. Um,
1: let's do it. A quick fire round. Yeah.
0: So I um, I only watched. I need to count quickly. Six movies. For January, I'm gonna try and fit in a couple tonight and tomorrow. Um, but one, actually, one that I, I think would be very fun to talk about. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, Noroi the Curse.
1: Not heard of this.
0: It's ah, oh, it, it's actually really great. It's it's so I, I, I was, the other thing was that I was on a big horror kick um, this month, so I watched a lot of horror films. Um, and in fact, only two of the movies I watched weren't horror films. Um, but so Noroi the Curse is a Kind of found footage uh, movie. It's from two thousand and five, um, and it follows this. It, it, it's one of those found footage movies that does the pomp and circumstance of like um, th- we found this tape, and the, the creator mysteriously disappeared. You know that kind of thing. Um, mm. So the 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 guy in the movie created this documentary about um, an ancient demon called the Kagutsaba, um, and he mysteriously disappears after it's finished, and you get to watch this documentary that he made. Um, and it follows this 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 fantastic story about uh, ancient demons, ectoplasmic worms, um, psychic children. Um, it's it's just fantastic. It's it's one of my favorite found footage movies that I've seen. You know, obviously, found footage. Mm. It's very hit or miss. It can be really really good when it's good, and just awful when it's awful. Um, but Nora the Curse is is a really good example of using that. Kind of limitation, almost that you put on yourself um, to your advantage to make something that is wholeheartedly, genuinely very terrifying in, in certain scenes um, when there's you know there's 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 you know fetuses de- you know fetuses crawling around and stuff.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> it's a good movie. I have just add I have just added it to my watch list and read your review. So <laughs> awesome. I I
0: I think I I I don't have a good uh like meter yet on on. Exactly what kind of thing you'd enjoy, but I think you'd get a kick out of this. Especially, sure. I, I don't know what's your what's your opinion on on fan footage in general.
1: <sighs> See, I don't like I don't like your paranormal activities. Yeah. I don't like them at all. But I do like the 2008 film Cloverfield, oh, <laughs> which Cloverfield is essentially rips, yeah. uh, oh, thank God, finally <laughs> someone which is essentially uh, an anti kaiju kaiju movie yeah. filmed on like a found footage uh, format, which I love very much. Not entirely because it's a found footage movie, yeah. mainly because of like the uh, ARG and stuff oh, around yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> in terms of the awesome. publicity and promotion and J.J. Abrams' mystery box and the sequels. Yes. And is this a sequel to this? Is this thing? And like, I just know. It's a monster movie. Come
0: on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of got to love it on that premise alone. But mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the important thing is that uh, found footage is one of those things where it is not fundamentally interesting in itself. Um, it needs to be... An interesting movie before it's an interesting found footage movie, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and Cloverfield. I think if yeah, sorry,
1: if you have if you have a found footage film, you have to like use it to a very good extent. Yes, you exactly. Have to, like prove you have to prove your worth to make this found footage one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, um, and so Cloverfield is like it's a fundamentally good movie, which makes it a fundamentally good um, found footage movie. Obviously, people don't agree necessarily that it's a good movie. Um, I personally think it's awesome. Um but yeah, um Nora the Curse I think does that very well because it's an effective horror movie. Like it's got mm. very very interesting. It's one of those horror movies that has this very interesting line of um of thinking and th- this line of like history within the movie that is very slowly revealed as the film goes on and little threads from the beginning start to make more sense as the film progresses um and and becomes more horrifying when you realize the reality of what's going on um and I think I think that is fundamentally interesting in and of itself and therefore it becomes a good movie and the found footage aspect is just an angle that kind of adds to the mystery of it um mm. it, it kind of it gives Uh, a good found footage movie like that especially from the 2000s where it's like this kind of grainy ass footage um it really brings you back to like creepypasta type stuff on the internet where it's like you can't quite tell if this is real um or if it's if it's specifically made up to be fiction or like you know the all the photos and stuff are grainy and it's on like a website where all the background is dark and it just makes you kind of scared um (laughs) it invokes that similar kind of fear which I, i really value
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool. This is essentially just more films for Jack's watchlist at
0: this point. <laughs> more, more films for Jack's watchlist. The podcast. Um, uh,
1: yeah, I watched. Well, do you want to take a stab at how many I watched this 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 season? Well,
0: Japan, Last we checked in, <laughs> you had seen <laughs> forty five movies. Um,
1: yeah, but less than, I was slacking on Japan. Yeah. less less than forty five. Yeah, it,
0: it was it was well, it was forty five. I was going to say less than halfway into the month. Um, yeah. As you say, you were slacking on Japan, right? <laughs> Fair enough. My guess, my estimate, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to say 33.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> well, maybe actually, M- maybe by the end of Japan, year it will be, but I'm currently on 31. <laughs> 31.
0: Okay. I was pretty close then. That was pretty, I was going to say 30, uh, which would have been close. Like
1: this, this is, um... Uh, generous numbers because some of these are rewatches, like I re-watched uh, Tokyo Drifter yeah. and Shin Godzilla because I wanted to show my brother Shin Godzilla which oh, still awesome. slaps I'm I'm not
0: seen it but I'm excited
1: I'm going through the Zatoichi films yeah. uh, the blinds, uh, Blind Masu Samurai so I watched about <laughs> four of them <laughs> That's this awesome. year um, I watched a couple of animated movies as I discussed a couple episodes ago or last episode like that Sherlock Hound yes, uh, Miyazaki yes, yeah. joint but the film I really want to highlight here. Levi, how much of a sports fan are you?
0: Oh what, sorry?
1: Sport. Sport. Sports, yes.
0: I like every time you say it, something about the cadence is like cutting out on Discord, so I, I'm still sport, <laughs> like like football, per example. Yes. Yes, okay, sport. Um I'm I am not the biggest sport fan in the world. I like I like well, tennis. <laughs> okay what about
1: a, a sport movie
0: um actually i haven't seen many but there was there is an anime series um about swimming called free which i really really loved and i can't swim which is is a, an interesting kind of aspect to it because it's like these people competitively swimming <laughs> um and i'm like oh, i can't do that sorry um but i'm i'm partial to a sports film
1: okay well i want to talk about the the best japanese sports movie ever made <laughs> <clears throat> and it was made in 2006. Okay. And Interesting. Guess how many guess how many people on Letterbox have seen this?
0: Oh, the fact you say that I'm going to say like 153.
1: 83. 83. So,
0: Even lower. Wow.
1: This is the 2006 masterpiece by director Minoru Kawasaki and it is called Crab Goalkeeper. Crab
0: Goalkeeper. That is a that is a a fucking fantastic now, ne- oh yes this, i know this
1: this film <laughs> poses the question what if a crab was a goalkeeper <laughs> and the results are just fantastic sorry is... can i
0: quickly just read the uh, in the in the description <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen some of those movies I, need to, so go I, for I need to
0: read this description, sorry It says, from Minoru Kawasaki The director of The Calamari Wrestler Executive Koala The entire world sinks except Japan and The Rug Cop <laughs> The Rug Cop comes the epic story of a giant crab who washes ashore, befriends a boy, finds love and becomes a sport legend The film has been described by Kawasaki as being like Forrest Gump dot 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 but with a crab,
1: <laughs> For- Forrest Gump wishes it was this good. Now, that is incredible. Uh, this is no hyperbole. This is the best sports movie I've ever seen. <laughs> the humor is good. The sports are good. The crab costume <laughs> is incredible. Everything about this, like you, c- I, I will pay people money if they watch this and don't get something out of this experience. <laughs> um, especially if you watch it you with know, a close group of friends, yeah. who are relatively indifferent to sports in general. Yeah, but love people in massive uh, crab costumes. <laughs>
0: Fucking. Uh, awesome across the board. i, I I've definitely <laughs> seen this poster. I, maybe I saw this when you when you guys had seen this, like on letterbox, but just just an amazing like great poster, great concept. your pitch is 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 fantastic. i am um, I'm, <laughs> I'm so I just love this so much
1: so yeah i've seen a couple of the director's movies including calamari wrestling, calamari wrestling. Um, and i want to shout out uh the month the monster x strikes back attack the g8 summit which is <laughs> a oh sequel God. 50 years late uh 50 years on from uh x from outer space yeah which is like a, a, a mid-60s kaiju movie with really cheap costumes and really cheap sets which is absolutely glorious yeah and I think maybe this one is that like one. a a satire of like mid two thousands politics. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: <laughs> that's that's awesome. My my favorite um, of those those names. Obviously, I haven't seen any of these movies, but my my favorite uh, of the list there is the world sinks except Japan. Uh,
1: yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm going to see them at some point because of course I. Am.
0: I mean, just looking at these posters, you fucking got to like executive <laughs> koala.
1: <laughs> that's fucking awesome.
0: It's a for Little... for anyone who can't look. Um, obviously, you should definitely look these up, but the poster is like a guy wearing a business suit with a koala head and red eyes holding like a hatchet.
1: What could that movie <laughs> possibly be about?
0: It's hard to say, really, a movie named Executive Koala <laughs> with a, a business koala holding a hatchet. Um,
1: so, yeah, I see a three star review from my friend Ben and I go straight on my watch list. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's got to. I'm putting that on my watch list too. I've got to see this. We should watch party this, honestly.
1: Oh, honestly, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god, this this one uh, from the same director from twenty fourteen. It's called Earth Defense Widow.
1: <laughs> lots lots of fun to be had with this dude's filmography. I just,
0: I, I just, I love, I love. It's it's so hard to create Whiplash in a three word title, but Earth <laughs> Defense Widow it really does it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I I love this. Thank you for sharing that. Um,
1: so this week in Letterbox has just been this week in Japanuary, aka the best stuff of Japanuary.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's very much a, um, it's, a it's the Japanuary themed episode, and I, and I think like the the best thing to go over with that, especially because that, nothing big has really happened, um, at least to my knowledge, in terms of uh, mm. Letterbox itself and the kind of community uh, this past couple weeks. Um, yeah, but. You know, Japanuary has kind of been the big thing on, on everyone's minds, uh, or at least on my mind. Um, yep. As much as I've only seen like six films um, for <laughs> it, it's it's. Uh, yeah, no, I, I again, as I've said, every episode, uh, including this episode, I, I love the opportunity it gives to to kind of share what everybody's watching, read everybody's reviews, mm. and, and and like we've done just now, just find these these fucking weird ass movies, like these weird deep cuts <laughs> of 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 Japanese. Uh, B movies, um, it, mm. it's incredible, and it, and it it makes me really happy. So thank you everyone who's been participating in uh, uh, in Japan, worry.
1: Mm-hmm. Matty, anything to add? Okay.
0: Thank you, Matty. Very cool. Um, I guess I guess that's that's kind of all we got for for today.
1: That's that's all, folks. That's all, uh, folks. F- from your hosts, Levi, Jack, and definitely not Matty. Oh, fucking Matty. Uh, just, just this... ridiculous. <laughs> this has been BlooperCast. Yeah,
0: why don't we uh, plug our Letterboxd, because that's the thing we were going to do. Yeah. And that we didn't do for the um, past
1: two episodes. Yeah, follow me on Letterboxd, the website that we all use. Follow me on Twitter. It's the same username. Follow on Instagram. Who cares? <laughs> I, love, I, J-
0: I love how you said it's, uh, it's the same username, but you didn't say what the username is. <laughs>
1: It's Jack Davenport without any vowels because I am difficult. <laughs> so that's J C <laughs> Juk Davenport J C K D V N P R T. I watch movies and sometimes I talk about. No, them. you fucking
0: don't. Uh, you I'm can look at my uh, letterbox and uh, any probably anywhere else on the internet that your heart desires. Uh, it's Levi Fomet. It's like Baphomet, but I put Levi in front. So that's L E V I P H O M E T. So that was probably the longest uh like social media plugging that has ever been done in the history of podcasts and i think that's
1: one till next week (laughs)
0: till next week when we have a third person and then we need to try and fit them into Mm. it too um and also if you want to send us an email if you want to shout at us for having terrible opinions or finally give us uh, a name for the segments that we do that we still haven't named you can email us it's it's lbfancommunity at gmail.com so do that
1: or if you if you know me and you just slide in my dms yeah. i don't know
0: i'll take requests in
1: there do who it. cares
0: tell me i'm a terrible person and all of my opinions are terrible do that it would be i funny.
1: will do <laughs> all right this is <laughs> until the end of the podcast. next time yeah thank you Good- goodbye, goodbye everyone. Listen, listen to this, Bye. Listen to this